0: You know, uh, I think sometimes that we do forget. We lose sight of the greatness of our salvation, and it causes this whole walk with God to seem less wonderful than it actually is. Um, as the as God is working in our lives, and we are rejoicing in that work, it causes us to be able to enter in in such a way truly that others can see it and i believe that's what god is wanting always to accomplish in our lives is for the people around us again god could simply save us and take us to be with him he could have saved you when he saved you you could have left you could have gone you would have completely ready at the moment of your salvation when you were bought by the blood when you placed your faith in the lord jesus christ you were ready completely ready to go to heaven praise god for that but we're here And we're here that others might see, that others might see the goodness of God in our lives, that they might be able to see in our lives the grace of God as we would uh, speak to them about it. Now, what I'd like to do today, I think, uh, thank you, James. James has already placed uh, the first slide up there. What I'd like to do today is to continue our study, Steps of Faith, Steps of Faith. uh, What you'll see right here, S-T-E-P-S. We've done the S, T, and E The S stands, this is so important, it really is. The S stands for Savior. Listen, the S doesn't stand for salvation. The S stands for Savior. He that hath the Son hath life. Do you understand? If the church is your Savior, if your mom is your Savior, if if the minister is your Savior, you're not saved. Christ must be your Savior. It matters. And by the way, he which hath begun a good work shall perform it. So it truly matters who hath begun the work in your lives. Many people, very, very many people, specifically and especially those that were raised in decent churches. At a young age, they went to much Sunday school, which is wonderful and great, but they went to much Sunday school and they learned the language and someday their cat was sick. And they came to church and they felt really bad about it. And their teacher saw the emotion in their face and they said, well, you know what you need? You need to be saved. And they led them down, quote unquote, Romans Road. And the child cried because their cat was sick and we mistook it for them actually being born again. And the next thing you know, we baptize them and we tell them everything is wonderful, but they're not new creatures yet. And now they're stuck seeing things like this and trying to accomplish them in the energy of their flesh and it's not possible so you need Jesus you must you need a bible and you need honesty and Christ will meet you there no matter where you are open the word of god and be honest with yourself and be honest with god and god will hear your humble cry if you will humbly cry and he will rescue you using his own word he will rescue you you need that salvation if you don't have that salvation please feel free to come and talk with me because i want you to have the savior the s t is to trust god at his word what's remarkable is the only way to have the savior is to trust god at his word god listen please hear me faith is not this ambiguous magical force faith means you believe what God says when he says something. That's what faith is. God is not asking you to believe blindly, ignorantly, without any understanding at all. God is saying to you, what I say in my word is true. You can depend upon it. You can count upon it. What is said from the pulpit is true if it comes from the word of god if the word are in its context too by the way cults are born over oh, with an open bible do you understand what i'm saying they use a bible in a couple of verses and the next thing you know you're believing all kinds of nonsense it must be in the context of the bible as a whole and in the context of the passage as it is in the word of god trust what are you saying trust god at His Word, have the Savior who is the Christ, have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and trust God at His Word. And then, E, E is for eternal life, and praise God for it. Changes everything from the moment that you are born again. You have eternal life. And by the way, we looked at it when I think it was last week. We looked at it maybe it was a week before that. You that Adam, man, Adam is just the Hebrew word for man. Adam was made with eternal life. He lost it. Do you understand? These bodies that we live in, and boy, those of us that are getting old know that they're falling apart. They were not created to fall apart. We could live in these bodies. You know, you do know, probably most of you understand this, that every seven years you are a physically different body. All the cells in your body have rotated, if you will, and, and you have all new cells every seven years. So the body you're living in now, by the way, think about this. The body you're going to have in seven years, you're eating today. So maybe no more Big Macs. You know what I'm saying? Maybe just a little bit more kale. I'm just joking about the kale. You can just eat lettuce. You can just eat spinach. The greener the leaf, the better it is. I'm not sure you have to eat kale all the time, though. But the idea is to have better things going in for the physical body. But you can eat the best food in the world, and this physical body is still going to fall apart and it's still going to die. But why? Because in the day that they ate thereof, thou shalt surely die. But what did Jesus Christ come to do? He came to seek and to save that which was. See, I used to think when Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost, it actually means just to bring us salvation. But Jesus came to restore everything. Everything that was lost, Jesus has restored. Amen? Everything. And primarily, the thing that matters most about this is our relationship with God. God has restored our relation Jesus has restored our relationship with God. So that's E. Now, P is prayer. P is prayer, and that's the subject of our study this morning. P is for prayer. Lesson four out of five. So let's get right into it. Please, if nothing else, write these verses down. Write the references down so that you can look at them later. I will try to go through them uh, at a reasonable speed. You know, I don't, I don't want to keep you all day. I do think that sometimes we, that I keep you a little longer because I get all excited about what we're looking at, and I want to keep going on and on and on about it. But I really want you to be able to trust the Word of God. So I want you to look at what the passages say, and I want you to write the references down, and I want you to go back yourself later and confirm that they are in the context that I'm saying they are. Excuse me, let me set this down. I don't need this right now. P is for prayer. Philippians 4, 6, write that down. Be careful. Brother Don taught in Sunday school today that we are to take no thought. Well, the word careful here is the same word as take no thought. Be careful for nothing, and the word means anxious. Be careful for nothing. We'll talk about it a little bit more at the end. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Boy, that's an important passage This passage might be one of the most helpful passages that you can study in its context. And we may look at the context. The context is actually the verses before it and the verses after it, and they go together. But I want you to see this as it relates to prayer at least this morning. Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So let's talk about prayer a little bit. First of all, and I think this might be so critically important to each and every one of us, Christ teaches prayer. And he, Christ, said unto them. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. We read it this morning. Open to Luke chapter 11, please. Luke chapter 11. While you're opening, I'm going to move my water from over here over to where I am. Luke chapter 11. Remember, the disciples were impressed. When I say impressed, I don't mean like we use the word impressed they saw such a such a remarkable uh thing because of christ's prayer in his life that they wanted to have the same thing in their life so they asked lord teach us to pray and then in chapter 2 verse 1 and he said unto them when ye pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as in earth excuse me, as in heaven, so in earth, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this is what he teaches them. This is the pattern to prayer. Um, Now, let me just say this. We're not going to spend the morning actually looking at this. I want you to come back at this, and I want you to look at it for yourself because it's too much. If we just looked at this, this is what we would look at together this morning. And that would be fine, but it's not a study on prayer. It's the steps of faith. And I want to introduce prayer to you as one of the things that's necessary, not only for the baby Christian, but for the maturing Christian. The idea of the study originally was because someone, a young person, had placed their faith in Christ, and and we wanted them to be able to have what? do you need at the very beginning of your walk with god and so you need the savior right you need the savior you need to trust god at his word you need to understand that you have a new life and it is an eternal life you need prayer in your life and you need to know the power of the spirit of god that you have the holy ghost living in you and that'll be our study next week but what i realized as i was doing the study is they do need this the baby christian does need this but pastor Pearson needs this it's easy to lose sight of the Savior and if you lose sight of the Savior you will lose sight of the joy because all your joy is in Jesus all of it now you can have pleasure in sin for a season there are a lot of things boy I tell you what if you want to do it you can do it in America right there, there is pleasure all over America. I mean, I mean, when I mean pleasure, you can just go hike mountains. You can go swim seas. You can go see this film. You can go have this cigar. You can go, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. And you say, well, some of the things that you said, they're not bad. I didn't say they were bad. What I said is they're earthly. You see what I'm saying? And you can do those things if you can do them in Christ. If Christ would have you to go climb a mountain, praise God, go climb a mountain. Take your best friend and get there faster than they do and then get to the top and turn around and laugh at them. You know what I'm saying? Just don't fall off when you get there. You know what I'm saying? We can do wonderful things in our Lord Jesus Christ, but don't get caught up in the world. Don't get caught up in this and that. and this. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, I'm wearing a tie. From where you are, it probably looks like it matches the striped shirt that I'm wearing. It doesn't really match the striped shirt that I'm wearing. It's checkered, so I don't think you're supposed to wear checkers and stripes at the same time. Unfortunately, the shirt that I was supposed to wear, I forgot to bring, and so you're stuck with this shirt, you know what I'm saying? But you would have never noticed if I hadn't brought attention to it. And the reason that i some of you might have actually noticed it, but the reason I brought that is because fashion has nothing to do with the purpose of clothing. Clothing is to cover nakedness, not to draw attention to the body. Do you understand? And yet people spend so much money to cover their body with things that draw attention to their body. Do you understand? God wants to set us free from these things. God wants us to just recognize that it's not about the things that the earth will tell you. It's not about what the commercials tell you. Maybe even the television itself could be a stumbling block in your life. God wants you to know he teaches prayer. And he says, when you pray, and here's the key, I'm only gonna spend this much time on this slide. This is what he says, when you pray, I'm so sorry. I hate it when I do that. I'm going to push this one. Back one more. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. What's it say here? Hallowed be thy name. I think if you'll remember, and we're going to see it's going to come up in in Philippians. I believe if you'll remember this part, Hallowed be thy name, before you begin praying, it may change what you're getting ready to pray. If you'll remember, Hallowed be thy name, before you begin praying, I think it'll help your prayer life. I know it helps mine when I think this way. First of all, prayer. Now go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. We're just going to look at three things that show up in 1 Timothy. Three things in 1 Timothy that talk about prayer itself. And one of them is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Most of you guys will recognize these these passages, but what I want you to do is to glean from them what it is that God wants us to see in them. So 1 Timothy chapter 2 I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? For all men. Let me ask you this. How many of you have had, well, right now, if you're alive right now, if you're old enough to have voted in the last two elections... Then I would say that one of the last two men that have been president is not your favorite person. Probably you understand. There's a pretty pretty significant difference between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Maybe neither of them are your favorite people. For a lot of us, that may well be true. You understand what I'm saying? But what does the Bible say about them? What does it say to do for them? What does it say to do? Pray. How many of you can say honestly? How many of you can say you've ever been convicted about not praying for a president or a senator or someone because you disagree with him? Anybody want to volunteer? Raise it nice and high. Don't be ashamed. I mean, you can be ashamed later, right? Yeah, that's a lot of us. You know, I have. I, I, I prayed for a president um, years ago now who I just kept praying, Lord, just get this guy out of the White House. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought I was doing the right thing because I was praying for him. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I'm praying for him. I'm praying you get him out of the White House. That was my prayer. Amen. But I wasn't concerned about his soul. Do you understand? And by the way, I wasn't concerned about the fact that he had veto power in the things that mattered. I wanted to act politically instead of spiritually. Do you understand the difference? Instead, ask God to do what needs to be done in the hearts of those, first of all. So what does it say? What do we, when are we to pray? Has anybody ever worked on a car and been working on it for two hours and then prayed? Anybody want to raise their hand for that or anything like that? Anybody want to do that? Right? You know, know, the saying is this, when all else fails, read the directions. But in a Christian's life, it's if when all else fails, pray. But don't do that. First of all, pray. Now listen, here's how it goes, right? You go over to your friend's house And you're going to put in whatever it is. You're going to dig a little hole and and put in a post, whatever it is. You know, we're going to put a new mailbox in. Who needs to pray to use a post hole digger? What I have to pray is that somebody else will use the post hole digger. Amen. You ever use a post hole digger? If it's not an auger, if it's an actual post, some of you don't understand, man, a post hole digger is no fun at all. Okay. So here's the thing. Before you start, whatever the mundane thing is with your brethren, pray. And don't just pray, Lord, please don't let us chop off our foot or or do anything stupid. Help us to do this right the first time. Don't let it cost any more. You can ask all of those things, but begin your prayer as you work on the car like this. Hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done as it is in heaven. So let it be on earth right now while my brother and I talk while we fix this car. While my sister and I talk while we work on this sewing project. Lord, bless us while we do these things because if you don't, we may offend each other. Something may go terribly wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Has anybody ever been at a very, very simple, mundane thing and been offended while you were there or offended somebody else while they were there? I want to ask you to tell you which one when you raise your hand. Has anybody ever been at something like that? I mean, as a pastor, I pray all the time, Lord, when we... We have the picnic. Please don't let anybody offend anybody else, right? right. I was safe. You were out. I was safe. You were out. You know what I'm saying? That's going nowhere good quick, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand? Has anybody, honestly, has anybody ever been offended or offended somebody else at a function like that? Just go ahead and raise your hand. And here's the truth. And, and you guys keep raising your hand. And that's because we're being honest. But the good news is this. I truly believe that if we will keep our eyes on the fact that we're praying. To the one whose name is holy and we care more about others than we do about ourselves when we pray that because that's what he's saying first of all not pray for you first of all pray for what everybody else pray for everybody else right why well and you can say this well because they all need prayer right and they do you know the hymn it's me it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer every time you pray for others realize here realize this who are you To even be able to pray for somebody else. And the answer is, because of the blood, I can come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? I couldn't even go into the Holy of Holies without the blood of Christ. But because of the blood, I can come and pray for others. Amen. So this is for those of us that are new creatures who have access to the throne of grace. And God says, first of all, pray. And then he says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, so that's just a few verses later, look down a few verses later. It says, I will therefore that men pray what? Everywhere so first of all pray well I keep doing that I want to get to this button first of all pray and everywhere prayer so first of all prayer yes everywhere what prayer everywhere everywhere in the airport yes at the picnic yes everywhere prayer first of all prayer everywhere prayer and again I'm just using the words that's what it, it's literally what it says right I will therefore, that men pray, and by the way, men does not mean masculine men. It means mankind. Pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So here's the, boy, that's an instructive thing, isn't it? Do you see see all of the instruction that's in there? By the way, let me tell you what it means to lift holy hands. It's important. When you praise God, There's, and here's, I'm I'm a Baptist pastor telling you to do this, okay? But I believe it's fine because I believe the Bible teaches it. When you praise God, it's fine to lift your hands. I don't, I would say this is a little bit weird. I used to go to rock concerts where we did this. I'm not sure that, I really, I'm not trying to be unkind. I think this is probably just somewhat fleshly. But lifting holy hands is just lifting empty hands that acknowledge I'm praying, but I've got nothing to bring you. You understand? You understand? I'm not praying, here's my gift. You understand? Here's my ninety-five. Now I want to pray. I'm praying with holy hands, and holy hands are empty hands, and I'm holy because of the blood of Christ. I can come boldly to the throne of grace, but not because of my merit. Amen? So I would that everywhere that we would pray, lifting holy hands. And by the way, the idea is simply to acknowledge, I don't have anything, but I've come to intercede for somebody else. And I may need to pray for myself, but I've come to pray and talk to you because of your holiness. And that's why, by the way, often when people, when you hear a song, that really is a tremendous blessing. You know, people will raise a hand, you know what I'm saying? And all they're doing is, it's like saying, man, I understand this amen you know Malcolm and I were talking this morning he was going on about how much he loves Sheila and how much he knows he has failed in his marriage throughout I'm not he wouldn't be mad that I'm saying about saying this and he said he was going on about it he said I'm sorry pastor I'm just going on and I said you know to somebody else you might be going on but I understand what you're saying because I'm the same man right my wife still lives with my failures from our early marriage And by the way, I've already asked a couple of you if I can call you. I'm going to plan on on calling all of you young men and sitting down with you having a cup of coffee and saying, let me rescue you from making the same mistakes that so many of us make when we were young husbands, especially young independent Baptist husbands where we're supposed to be the head of the house, darling. Right? Right? We in our, and we will raise our voice, and we'll and we will uh, insist on we doing it the right way. And I'm not saying that you're not the head of the house. What I'm saying is this: you may not understand what that means. You may not understand the power of God in our lives and the power of God in our prayers and the power of God in loving our wives and being supportive of our wives and, our, and caring for our children. I'm telling you, it is far more simple than we've made it, but our flesh does not enjoy it. Our flesh says, no, 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 you want to be a somebody. And Jesus says, you are a nobody. Amen? Jesus is a somebody. Amen? Everywhere, praying with holy hands. Now we go just a little bit further. Same book. We go just a little bit further. And you can go to first, chapter 2. Um, and uh, uh, chapter 5, excuse me, in verse, verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 5. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continue in supplications and prayers when? When? Night and day. So what do we have? Now this is important, right? I, these, I didn't, these passages are literally in this order, the, the idea of prayer, in this book on purpose. What, what was the first one? First of all, Prayer. Then what? Everywhere. Prayer. Okay, no, 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 either write it down or say it with me. First of all, prayer. Yes? What's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to pray. For who? For everyone, right? And then what's the next thing that, that First Timothy teaches us? What does it say? Everywhere. Prayer. Everywhere, right? Everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are, right now pray now by the way one of the things you may realize is this i should have already prayed i mean we've all been there i should have already prayed but if you should have already prayed that doesn't mean you can't pray now i have actually made the mistake as a young christian thinking i should have prayed earlier and because i didn't trust god earlier i can't pray now because i should have already prayed but praise god i can you know, keep short accounts with God. As soon as you realize you, fr- you failed, just acknowledge, Lord, I failed, right? If you've got to acknowledge it in front of other people, you know, I've had to call my children in the living room more than once and say, Dad was wrong. You know what I'm saying? The way Dad spoke, the way Dad, it's almost, it was almost always the way I spoke. The way Dad spoke, the anger that I showed, that is not Jesus. That's not how he is. That's not what he wants. Amen? So first of all, prayer everywhere, prayer. And then what? Night and day, prayer. Night and day, prayer. Just pray. Just pray. Night and day prayer. I mean, it's going to be true for many of you. Anybody ever woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning and immediately had a burden about something? Anybody? Raise your hand if that's true for you. Anybody ever pray at that point? This is what I have found is this. If I wake up in the middle of the night, and I know I've said it a lot of times, but some of you have not heard it. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I will pray until I fall asleep. Somebody said, a godly man said this, and he said it kind of jokingly, but what he said was, if you'll pray in the middle of the night you'll either keep praying or Satan will rock your bed back and forth to put you back to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. You pray until God actually lets you go back to sleep. Just pray. If you're up for the rest of the night, then they needed the prayer for the rest of the night. Do you understand? Whatever the burden is, when you wake up, and it happens to to me a a lot, a lot, I just pray. I just pray, whatever it is. And I don't have to get up and get out of the bed and get on my knees and, and, and sit beside the bed and pray. You, If you want to, that's fine. I will just lay there in bed and pray and pray and pray. The next thing I know, I'll wake up and it'll be morning. At some point, I will have fallen asleep while I was praying. But pray, night and day, pray. And then go to Acts chapter, you don't have to, you can turn there, you can write it down, however you want to do. But Acts chapter, Acts chapter 12 and verse five. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says what? Pray without ceasing. So Peter, now listen, remember Bill, right? How many of you remember Bill Hughes? How many of you remember praying without ceasing? How many of you remember God answering our prayer? Amen? Yeah? Do you remember Brother Ronnie, when Brother Ronnie was wrongly accused at work and lost his job, as a, literally lost his job, and his retirement and everything else as a result of you? How many of you prayed without ceasing during that time? Amen? Exactly. We just prayed without ceasing. And did God do wonderful things? He did. Pray without ceasing. How many of you remember Carolina? You know what I'm saying? You know, I know I've shared this before, but as I was, going, I was on my way to the hospital, I called Andy Parker, who's an emergency room doctor, And I said, Andy, what am I looking at when I get here? And he said, It doesn't. He said the head bleeds a lot. He said it's probably not serious. The only thing you don't want to hear is a fractured skull with a subdural hematoma. As long as that's not it, everything else is fine. If if that's it, it's pretty dangerous. And uh, I said, Okay, I got there just in time to hit the doctor walk over to the Marians, and the doctor said she has a fractured skull with a subdural hematoma. (laughs) And I began to cry, standing there with them. And I didn't want to cry because I didn't want to for them to know that it hurt. But but then the doctor explained what it meant to them, and though they began to cry. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh man, Lord, you could, but you can do this, amen. And praise God, He did. You know what I'm saying? She just graduated from high school, amen. They're probably at a they're probably at a family reunion somewhere right now. You know what I'm saying? She she just she had her. Uh, piano recital. I mean, the children all had their piano recital, but she played, her, she played multiple pieces. Pray, God, for what God has done in those lives. Amen. But why? Pray without ceasing. Amen. Pray without ceasing. You know, what's interesting is this. Does, this is so important. Do, do you really need to tell God twice? Does God need to be reminded? Did God forget? Does God not hear you the first time and said, oh, I wasn't, I know my wife, I'm, I'm blessed, God bless my wife, she's married to me. My wife will say something and at toward the end of it I will realize that it was important right <laughs> and I will say wait wait what was that say it again and say it slowly you see what I'm saying and I know that has to mean to her, what does that mean when you don't say that to me? Does that mean you just didn't listen the whole time I was talking? Amen. Do you understand? Do you, listen, the reason I'm saying that is God's not like that. God doesn't say, oh, wait, wait, wait. I was actually up here distracted while you were praying. What was that? Say that again if you would. So why, if that's not true, why does he tell us to pray without ceasing? Why does he tell us to keep praying about the same thing? And here's the answer. Because it's not that he needs it. It's that you need it. How many of you feel closer to Bill and Trish because of the time you spent in prayer for them? Anybody want to say yes? How about, how about, how about uh I was just thinking about the fact that uh not that long ago um um it's escaping my mind. Hold on, I'm not going to I'm just going to stand here. You guys can just watch me and remember. Um This is Mrs. Dix. Thank you, Rhonda. She came to church. She was a wonderful lady. She already was a wonderful lady. She was a wonderful lady who quietly came to church, and when church was over, she quietly got up and went home, and then she found out she had cancer. And you ladies specifically broke right through that, that quietly coming into church and going home and simply asked politely, can we help you? Can we be there for you? And she let you. And did it change everything in her relationship with our church family? It was awesome. It was wonderful. I spent a great deal of time over at her house. And and I ran into you guys over and over and over again, bringing her food, taking care of her. It was tremendous. It was wonderful to see. But what was that? Why? Why was that? Because, first of all, you prayed without ceasing. You gave yourself to her in prayer, and God said, I will use you actually in her life now amen you cannot care until you are full of prayer about that thing when you start praying for someone it is really hard to hold anything against them afterwards you understand once you begin praying at a heart level for someone it is really hard to hold anything against them afterwards that's just how god works in these things pray without ceasing in jesus name prayer Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 24, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Isn't that wonderful? Listen, Jesus wants our lives. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And how do we have that? Talk to him about it, amen? Now, what is it? This is a funny thing. How many of you pray? I'm gonna ask you a question. When you pray, how many of you say, in Jesus' name, when you're done praying. Anybody raise your hand if you, if you do. We, we all do. We're Baptists, right? We were taught to do so. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm not saying... I, I, you know, w- w- we say it, I think... Mm, okay, again, God doesn't like, oh, wow, good, now that you added that. Whew, write that down. They said in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go ahead and do that now. That's not what it is. The idea is in the spirit of who he is. In other words, I come boldly to the throne of grace because of who Jesus is. So really, praying in Jesus' name is actually at the beginning of your prayer, and it's a heart attitude. But saying at the end does help us to understand, I couldn't have this without Jesus. Amen? Everything that God gives us, he gives us because he loves us, and he's able to extend his love to us because of what Jesus has done for us. Otherwise, I get judgment. That's all I can have, right? What did I earn? Judgment. What did I earn? Hell. That's what I earned. What did Jesus earn for us? To be able to go boldly to the throne of grace. To be able to go talk to our heavenly Father. And by the way, God so loved us that he gave us his son for that purpose. Isn't that wonderful? While we were yet sinners. When you and I were selfishly doing, you may still be in that camp, by the way. You may be here this morning lost, selfishly living your life for you. Jesus wants to rescue you. You say, yeah, but I've known this for a while and I haven't ever said yes. He wants to rescue you. Let him rescue you in Jesus' name. Now, I want to take a moment. We have, oh, we're, we're, we're doing great. I want to take a moment. Be careful for nothing. That's what it says. That's how it starts, right? So now turn to Philippians 4, 6. We're going to spend the, most of the rest of our time in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Now, what does this, now think about this. I already told you at the beginning, what is the word careful? Literally, what does it mean? Anxious, thank you. It means, or take no thought, don't be anxious, don't be careful. Now, it doesn't mean, listen to me, it doesn't mean that when you're taking something out of the oven that's really, really hot, that you don't pay attention to what you're doing. Okay? Does everybody understand that? Right? Anybody ever take something out of the oven and wasn't careful while they were doing it? That's not what it means. Here's what it means. Don't be anxious for anything. Here's, and here's, but, so, so here's the good news. Not only does he tell us to not be anxious, but he tells us what to do instead, right? Be careful for nothing, but in what? Isn't that wonderful? In everything. I've got to be honest with you. Let's, let's say that um, you're going through a difficult time and you text me, Pastor, I'm going through a difficult time. I will respond when I, when, when the text, when I see it. It'll come to my phone probably immediately, but I won't necessarily see it immediately. When I see it, I'll respond. Is there something I can do? And if you respond with another text message, I'll respond. And if you keep responding, other than thank you, you know what I'm saying, or the thumbs up kind of a thing. I love that thumbs up thing. Yeah. To me, thumbs up means everything's good. We're done. Amen. So you, know, are you guys gonna get thumbs up from me? And say, oh, you don't want to talk anymore. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just mean yeah, I got. But I understand what you're saying there. Okay. So, so, but here's the point. Yeah, or I'm driving down the road, and I don't want to, and I, yes, hey, Siri, give him a thumbs up. Amen? So here's the thing. We could weary one another with too much prayer, too much asking of each other. We could. We could. But you can't do that with God. Isn't that wonderful? God does not say, oh, you had a quota. And you've, ex- not only for the, for, the, for the day, you've used the whole weeks already. Come see me next Monday, right? That's not God. Listen, I, we joke, but it's really important that you want you I'm not saying this to be clever or funny. I'm saying this because we actually think I sure have asked God for a lot today. God said, Thank you for trusting me with your life. Now ask me again, and ask me again, and ask me again. I don't care what it is. Ask me. Talk to me about it, right? That's what fellowship is, amen? Yes? You know, uh, one, you know, um, one of the mistakes that husbands can make, it's one of the things I'll probably talk with everyone about when we sit down, is to be in the same room with our wife, but not be with our wife. It's to be in the same room with our wife, but be doing something else, right? D- don't, don't. You, you spend a lot of time at the, out of the house already. When you're in the house, when you're in the same room with your wife, spend time with your wife. Put your phone down. If you're, if you're over the age of 22, I don't know, you pick it. I'm going to get somebody, and you're still holding on to a ps4 remote most of the time you're in your house you got to get over that because you're no longer a boy right you're a man put that down I'm not saying you can't invite your friends over and shoot everybody you want i'm not saying that i'm saying as a rule put that down talk to your wife okay put these things away be with your family your kids don't care how good you are at tiger woods golf they don't care They want you to roll on the floor and play with them. And by the way, let me tell you something. In a little while, they'll be living in China, and you'll wish you spent more time rolling on the floor playing with them. Okay? God wants this in our lives, and it's wonderful to be able to have this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Now we're going to talk about it. Just these words. Let's just go through them quickly together. So prayer and supplication. All I'm going to write these down. It's really important. Here's what. So prayer. I I have the definition. And again, I have the the original words, the Greek words. These are what they literally mean, okay? So when you see the word prayer, your first thought, it is a talk to God. But it's not not primarily talking to God. Prayer is primarily earnest worship. You want to know why he says this? What is it, the first word? But in everything with prayer. Why is earnest worship the beginning of not being anxious? What is it? Because hallowed be thy name do you understand here it is listen this is really important i don't know what it is i'm going to say it's money because money is a is an issue in almost everybody's life at some point here's the thing we just got this really odd bill that we didn't realize we were going to get right it's called the electric bill It comes every month. Somehow we just thought this month they weren't going to send it, okay? And suddenly we realize we don't have the money for this bill. So we're going to be anxious. But let's not be anxious. Instead, let's pray. But listen, when we're going to go talk to God about this bill, start with what? Hallowed be thy name. Because here's the thing. I'm talking to the what? The Holy One of Israel. I'm talking to the King of Kings Lord of Lords. I'm talking to the one that created the universe. Does he care about this electric bill? He does care about this electric bill. Can he help with this electric bill? He can help with this electric bill. Will he? He will. And we begin by acknowledging how great he is at the very beginning. So the idea is earnest worship. Then it says supplication. And supplication means, and this is really wonderful, because supplication actually means, it actually has the idea uh, uh, in it of of frightened need okay it means petition or need but it actually has the idea because remember it says be careful for nothing so the idea is this how many I, I, this is important how many of you have ever prayed Lord I know I shouldn't be anxious about this but I am anxious about this anybody ever done that right That's very much like Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief right I'm coming to you I'm acknowledging that I have this sense in my heart the sick feeling in my heart that I might not should have but Lord I'm not gonna lie to you I have the sick feeling in my heart and I'm I'm acknowledging it to you. Please help me. See, that's, that's actually in the word. Petition, need. Knowing I have this prayer, I, I come before God in earnest worship, and I acknowledge at the very beginning that what I'm getting ready to talk to Him about is an actual need. I have a petition, and I need help. Amen? Now, let's look at the other two words. Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, here's the thing. The first word, thanksgiving, means what? Gratitude. And this is important. When you're praying about the electric bill, thank him for the gas bill last month. Do you understand what I'm saying? Thank God for the things he's already done. Be thankful for what God has done in your life. And by the way, it, and when I say that, you should be thankful to everybody. Thank you. Thank you should be part of your vocabulary, right? You go to wherever. You go to you know, Krispy Kreme and you get a donut, right? not too many, not not like a dozen, just just one, okay? You go to Christopher Kreme and you get a donut and they give it to you and you say, thank you. You say, why should I say thank you? I had to pay them for it. No, just be kind and courteous. Boy, does America need courtesy. It just needs courtesy, yes? Right, open the door for someone. Open the door for everyone, you know what I'm saying? Open the door for everyone. Just be kind to one another. Gosh, America needs more kindness in it. Thanksgiving, gratitude, gratitude. So now when you're talking to God, First of all, I do believe it's good for you to be grateful, but I believe God actually deserves your gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Right? It's, not, it's good to say, Lord, I'm coming to you with a what? With a, with a need, with a petition. I feel this anxiety. I don't see the answer yet, but you know what I do see the answer to? Carolina. Right? I do see that. I've seen that answer right? Ronnie Jacobs, I've seen that answer. Bill Hughes, I've seen that answer. They, they were far more difficult than my electric bill. So compared to that, this is nothing, Lord, and I'm asking you to help me with this. Amen? That's what God wants us to have. So that's the thanksgiving. And then the last one, and this is kind of funny, but request means request. Now, what's the, why do you suppose God makes that point, make your request known unto God? What's the difference? Listen, listen. Um, recently, what is it called? Alexa? I don't want to set up anybody's device. Nobody carried one of those little tubes into church today, did they? Right? So recently what they've done is they've actually added a mode to these devices that you can say, you can say, Alexa, what's the weather tomorrow, right? And the device will say, the weather, the weather forecast for tomorrow is blah, 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 blah. But what they've done is they have added courtesy features to the devices because children are learning to basically just yell at something and get the answer, right? And they don't want them going into the stores and doing the same thing. Parents don't. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure whether Amazon cares or not, but parents don't want them going into stores and just commanding things from people, right? You know, when you go to the store and you say, give me whatever, And here's the thing, you might feel it's okay to say that because you're going to pay them for it. But you can still be polite when you're getting your sandwich, right? If you're a Chick-fil-A, they're going to be polite to you. Whether you are not, they're going to be polite to you. But this is the point. When this says, be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your what? Recognize that you're asking God for something. It's a request. Have the humility necessary to, you know, uh, John, you don't mind me mentioning this. you, You and I were talking about that guy talking about, you know, basically praying in Jesus' name and getting the things that you ask for just because you ask for them. You can't command God to do anything. You understand? You understand? When God says, ask and I will give it to you, he's not saying, command me to move mountains for you. You can't command God. If you're praying in Jesus' name, you wouldn't even want to. Do you understand? Because if you're praying in Jesus' name, then you recognize I'm coming because Jesus' blood gave me access. I can bring my petitions, but they are requests. And I'm asking God, now listen, I I trust that he's going to do it. It's not saying it's a request like, oh, he might reject this request. That's not the point. The point is acknowledge the humility necessary when you make the request. That's what God is wanting us to understand. And then lastly, let your request be made known unto God. And the last phrase is known, made known unto God. So here's what prayer is. You're letting your request be made known unto God. And here's the good news. God hears and knows, right, your prayer. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I'm going to stop for just a moment. Romans chapter 8 says that the Holy Spirit knows how to pray what you don't know how to pray. I, I really believe this. I believe my best prayers ever never came out of my mouth that just came out of my heart. And almost always they were accompanied with nothing other than a stomach ache and tears. And all I could do was stay there on my knees, literally on my elbows typically at this point, and just beg God from my heart to help. Because I often don't even know what to say. Don't even know what to say. But I know I need help. I know this person needs help. I know you know what to do. And I know I don't have to be able to articulate it. You ever hear somebody pray so masterfully? right and this is what god does when you pray so masterfully in front of other people god says wow michael come over here listen to this this guy's awesome right he doesn't he doesn't i don't even know if he hears it do you understand because god is not interested in our great swelling words god hears your heart when you pray do you understand god hears your heart when you pray and here's the good news praise god he hears your heart because your words fail you, right? You, you know, I mean, we've all we've all seen this, this silly jokes with the, you know, you rub the uh, lamp and the genie comes out and you make a request, but you're not specific enough with the request and you end up with rabbit ears or something like that, right? That's not God. When you pray, before, when you pray to God, He's not listening to how articulate you are with it. He already knows you have the bill. You understand? He already knows you don't have the money. He knows what the need is, and by the way, the need might not be money the need might be something else. And if you say, God, help us meet our need, he may say, okay, I will. And it's not going to be to pay this bill right now. You say, oh, oh, that's not what I want. Well, then you're not praying in Jesus' name. You're praying in your own name. You're praying. I, Jesus, what does Jesus say when he's getting ready to be separated from his father, that he's had a relationship for all of eternity to die for us? What does he say? Father, If this cup can pass from me, if we don't have to be separated to save them, then let's do it that way. He's not afraid of the beating. He's not afraid of the cross. He just doesn't want to be separated from his Father. But how does he end that prayer? Nevertheless, what? Not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, that's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Father, I have this bill. I need your help. I need your help in my heart, from my heart. Work in my heart. Amen? I'm telling you, prayer is a wonderful, what a gift from God come, come, talk to me about everything, ask me everything. First of all, prayer, right? Everywhere, prayer, night and day prayer, pray without ceasing, amen? And then we see this whole wonderful thing, let it be made on, and this is the last thing we're done. You can trust God, right? You can trust God, you can. God says, I want you to pray and God is not holding out a a carrot in front of us just to get us to keep moving forward. God says you can pray because he wants to hear your prayer. Now, I'm going to give you this invitation and you can go ahead and you can raise your hand uh, publicly because nobody's going to uh, care that you have a prayer request. But how many of you would acknowledge where you are right now that there's something that you want God to help you with? There's something you really need God to help with. Go ahead and raise your hand. That That's true. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Have you Have you prayed? According to Philippians 4, 6, have you really prayed about it? And if you haven't, now listen, here's the thing about this kind of prayer. It really has to be done in a quiet place alone, right? Now, you can do it together. Really, you can. You know, two or three people can get in a room together and pray, but it still has the same. Here's the thing. If you're going to pray with somebody about something the way God talks about prayer, you're going to be either really close to that person or embarrassed by how weak you are in their presence Do you understand so if you're going to pray with somebody else you better not be ashamed of how weak you actually are if you're ashamed of how weak you are you can't really pray with somebody else because when we pray we are acknowledging that god is holy and we are weak but praise god guess what god is holy and we are weak but he is strong And we can go to him about these things, but he, listen, God is not looking for you to grovel. That's not the point at all. God needs you to know how weak you are. The problem, listen, what is your, what, if you have a problem with going before God, actually getting on your knees and your elbows and praying, you want to know what your problem is? It's one word. And it's not prayer. It begins with P, though. What is it? It's pride. And God God gives grace to the, but resists the. When you pray from your easy chair and you just tell God I have need, that's just proud. But Listen, I'm not saying you can't do business with God sitting down. That's not the point that I'm making. My point is we need to understand we are not strong. And this is a great gift from God. And we can bring our petitions to Him. Father, thank You for giving us this time together this morning. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, we get these truths not from our... Um, thought life, but from your word. And we ask you that we would lay hold of it and that we would rejoice in it and that we would enter into it. Lord, I pray, whether we're a young Christian or an old Christian, that we would understand the value and the power of prayer. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name.